Welcome to Green Conversations with me, Jeanette Fitzsimons. These episodes were recorded at the Young Greens Annual Conference held in February 2019 on our farm, Pakaraka. We're sitting under the pecan nut trees down by the river with background sound effects from the tuis and the cicadas. There are more episodes on their way. In part one of The Origin of the Greens, I tell the story of the Values Party from its formation in 1972 until its transition into the Green Party in 1989. You will also hear the voice of Tony Brunt in a couple of clips from a TV programme in 1972 which launched the new party. The origin of the Green Party was with the Values Party, which was formed in 1972. It expressed the growing dissatisfaction of particularly young people of your generation with the materialism and consumerism of politics and of the society that they lived in. Uh, The values seemed to be all wrong. An economic system that depended on growth, which was actually driving ecological bankruptcy. Politically, the two old parties seemed to be just the same. They were always at war but about trivia, and they all believed basically the same stuff. It came out of the radical movements of the 60s, the opposition to the Vietnam War, um, the anti-nuclear and peace movements, the women's movement, um, alternative ideas on health and education, and increasing concern that the economic system was wrecking the planet. It's interesting that it arose in the same year as the publication of the Club of Rome's report, Limits to Growth. It's actually driven my political work for 40 years. I think it's one of the most important books ever written. So go and have a look at it. They used computer models to track what happens in the future if current rates of population growth, growth in food requirements, in energy requirements, in pollution and in the use of mineral resources were to carry on on their trajectory at the time. And it didn't matter how they tweaked the models, they all showed that in the early years of this century, they led to economic collapse. We are living through the start of that economic collapse at the moment and the ecological collapse that has led to it. But people took no notice even though their predictions have pretty much been on track and come true. Well, two young men were sitting in a pub in Wellington talking about the state of politics and talking about their generation's alienation from the political system. And from that meeting, the Values Party was born. Tony Brunt, who later became the leader, and Norman Smith, who was like a party secretary and who did a lot of the early writing of manifestos and so forth, kicked it off. Key principles were the radical ideas that we needed zero population growth and zero economic growth. Those are so radical that the Green Party today doesn't talk about them anymore. And in that time, since 1972, world population has doubled, more than doubled, but economic output has multiplied by 40 times. And that, of course, is a measure of the impact on the planet. Well, the party was launched on public consciousness in May 1972 
on a gallery TV current events program. And it took off like wildfire. There was a large group of people out there, silent up till then, who were hungry for these ideas. The telephone started ringing madly in Wellington. Um, I live in Waipukurau. Um, who's my local candidate? Because we're only a few months out from the election. Who's my local candidate here? The guy said, hang on, I'll look at the list. Um, looks like you are. <laughs> it was a time that I wasn't here, but it was a time of huge excitement. In just a few months, we had 42 candidates and branches to support them, and we were standing in the general election. I was living in Geneva, Switzerland at the time with one young child and the second one on the way. My father sent me a couple of press clippings about this new party. He said, I think you might be interested in this, in this new party. It's, it's, it's got some good ideas. He was an old conservative. But actually, from then on, he voted values for the rest of his life. Anyway, I read those articles, and I was amazed. And when I voted by postal ballot from Geneva for values, I thought, felt this great surge of excitement. There are other people out there that think the same way that I do, and I never knew that before. So within a few months, the party was registered. It produced a manifesto blueprint for New Zealand. It chose candidates. It chose a leader and a deputy leader, Tony Brunt and Kathy Benland. And it organised electorate structures. All in a time, I would remind you, without the internet, without email, without even photocopying. If you can imagine what party administration was like in those days. We stood in 42 electorates and won 2% of the vote. After the election, work began to develop a constitution and more detailed policies and electric structures across the country. The 1975 manifesto, Beyond Tomorrow, it was a bestseller in bookshops. That was the day when parties didn't produce manifestos. As in so many other areas, Values was a first the first political party to produce a public manifesto, writing down what they intended to do if they were elected. What a radical idea. But public concerns were changing. After the 75 election, people realised that even getting 5% across the country, which was a huge achievement, and actually was equal to what we got in 1999 as the Greens, and almost as much as we got in the 2017 election. 5% is big. And they realised that even 5% or 10% or 15% wasn't going to get anybody elected to Parliament. For that, we needed proportional representation. And a move towards proportional representation actually began in the 70s, although it didn't really pick up momentum for another 20 years. And then, as we moved towards the 1978 election, stopping Muldoon became the key issue. And even though we had put a huge amount of work into a full policy manual and we had paid staff, our vote dropped again in 1978 to 2% and it never recovered. I was energy spokesperson during that period for five years. I stood as the candidate um, in Auckland in 78 and 81 People were, people were afraid that voting for values would split the vote against Muldoon and National would get back. 
Well, when you analysed the 78 vote, it turned out that our votes had come almost equally from National and Labour because we didn't see the world in those days as a, a left-right division. Values and green politics has never been mainly about left or right. It's much more about progressive versus old-style conservative, and the left can be just as old-style conservative as the right can. Another factor was the anti-nuclear campaign. National wanted to build the first nuclear power station. They'd chosen the model. They wrote in a telegram to the Canadian government, which was selling the can-do reactor that we wanted to buy, all that remains now is to choose the site and to convince the New Zealand public that it's safe. Well, we made sure that they never did that. The campaign for non-nuclear futures and the huge petition that resulted from that, Campaign Half Million, were organised and planned and led by values people. But nobody knew that because we were very careful to keep the political origins out of sight. Um, if people thought it was a political initiative, they weren't going to support it. And this was much bigger than just the Values Party. But we had the organisational structure with electorate leadership and so forth um, to make it happen on the ground. So we, we canvassed door to door, we held street stalls, we had public meetings, we had ads in the newspaper, and Campaign Half Million collected a third of a million signatures out of a population of only three million at that time. It was, it was huge. And we won that issue. But nobody could see that the Values Party was doing anything. And so that was another reason why our support just dwindled in the 80s. The 1981 election was dominated by the Springbok Tour. And even though Values had really good policies on racism and apartheid in its manifestos, we were never really credited with that, and politics just moved elsewhere. Then the 80s were about the start of Rogernomics. The 84 election was when uh, Labour got in and Roger Douglas's policies swept the country. Everyone was taken by surprise, didn't know what had hit them, um, and values just disappeared. In 1982, I wrote to the party leadership resigning as energy spokesperson after five years. And I said at the time, it's not that I've lost faith in the values vision, but there seems to be no room in New Zealand politics at the moment for a Green Party. That time will come again. When it does, that is where I want to put my effort. I predict it could be another 10 years. Well, it was actually a little bit less than that. And here we are. My thanks to Hans Buter, who recorded this podcast, and to Finn Kennedy, who edited it.